0: Hey guys, it's Amber. Uh, Just me today, no co host He is on sabbatical. (laughs) Uh, That being, uh, he is needing to uh, dedicate a little bit more time to doing some homework. Uh, He uh, has uh, some classes to catch up on, so it's just me today, and that's okay. Um, I feel as though it is more appropriate for me to be the only one here today on the Fully Living podcast, waging war on narcissism and uh, the soul of narcissism and helping families work that are dealing with uh, this, um, I don't know what to even call it, with a narcissistic person in their life. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit today about love-bombing and what it is, and um, how it works, and the purpose that it serves. Um, I picked this topic very quickly. I, <laughs> to be honest, uh, I, when um, getting on my podcast to um, start to record, I have to title it before I can get to the next screen. And really what I wanted to do today was wing it. And, uh, instead of doing that, the first word that came into my head was love bombing. So, um, I'm going to do a little bit of both and maybe I was supposed to do love bombing all along. And that's what will come out of episode nine of our podcast. Um, I also want to thank, uh, Leanne Fernandez for joining us on our last podcast. Um, it was, uh, an honor to have her on our show. Um, She, oh boy, she was a significant uh, help in uh, both mine and Brody's recovery um, while going through um, being in the same house as somebody with narcissism. um, And while experiencing the abuse that was going on in our house because of it, um, she, Taught me how to leave and she taught Brody how to live. And uh, because I left, I am now living as well. Uh, Part of the reason I want to talk about love bombing is uh, because it's it's super common. I mean, it's that you can't have narcissism and not have love bombing. Uh, So I'm going to break it down really quick uh, what it is. Sometimes you, I mean, there's, throughout the stages of a relationship, there are um, lots of different reasons one might experience love bombing. And um, uh, one of those reasons can start from the very beginning when you are dating. And that, honestly, for me, guys, has been um, the most difficult part or process in me moving on into a n- new and healthy relationship. Um, I am in, a, in an incredibly wonderful, <laughs> loving, happy, and healthy relationship. Um, and the question I have had to ask myself several times is, how do I know this? And the reason I've had to ask myself this question several times is because if we go back 17, 18 years ago, I would have told you the same thing. I am in an incredibly happy, wonderful, healthy, and loving relationship. And I would have told you that um, because of what was taking place. Uh, So, Um, a narcissist uh, feeds off of empathy uh, and they also feed off of compassion. And um, me and Leanne at some point are going to talk about the, um, hopefully we will discuss how common it is for therapists to actually marry narcissists. Uh, It's, uh, I mean, it's, it's an essential skill and... Um, not even skill, but it's an essential personality trait. I feel that a therapist needs to have. Uh, you can gain empathy as a skill, but most therapists just have it built within their personality. Um, so it, it's really common for narcissists to find an empath. Um, I don't really like saying that because uh, it's kind of a kind of one of those trendy words that uh, people are using these days, I'm an empath. um, And they don't really know what that even means, or they're saying it, I don't know, it doesn't really matter. Um, But narcissists do commonly find people who are empathetic. And uh, so they will seek that out. um, And they will also often seek out somebody who um, is kind of, and I hate to call it this, but I'm I'm going to, for lack of a better word, a project person. So, um, a woman who just got out of a uh, battered relationship, which is ironic because she's going to get into another one if she chooses to be with that narcissist. Um, but the woman who is getting out of the relationship with the the man or the woman. Who um, was abusive and violent, and the narcissist is going to come in and save the day and uh, be the person in that woman's life to to help her and change her uh, change her life for the better. Excuse me I'm um, walking around. Which is probably really on podcast-like of me, but I land an ice pack all day long because my back hurts, and I need to change that. Um, so that they they will seek out that kind of woman, um, or and they'll seek out a woman who has compassion and empathy and is maybe successful, or they see them as, uh, being, being a woman who has the possibility of, or is successful, that being so that, um, the narcissist can take advantage of that woman, um, in the end, or at some point, um, I feel and think that that is what happened to me, um, I, from a very young age, uh, started working, and um, geez, I think I was, well, I mean, I started watching my younger brothers, which I would consider working. I pay Brody to do that. That is a job. Uh, Lots of people disagree with that, but um, Brody did not choose to have my youngest. I did, and so I pay Brody to watch his younger brother. Some may say that's a part of being a family, and um, I say, well, the Brady Bunch hired a nanny to do it, so I hire Brody to do it. Um, I started working probably around the age of eight, um, taking care of things, being uh, extra responsible um, as the oldest uh, daughter um, in my family, and my first my first official like company job was at subway, but I didn't really have a ton of company jobs i um, I always made sure that I had jobs that paid me at least thirteen dollars an hour from the age of twelve. Um, I <laughs> wasn't willing to nanny for any less than that, so um I had a lot of nanny jobs. And found a website where people were not... Where parents were not allowed to pay less than $13 an hour. Uh, So, I was making bank at a very young age. um, And... uh, I was doing that at the... um, I was doing that while sacrificing fun. Um, I knew that I was gonna have to work for the rest of what felt like my life at the time uh it was such a such a daunting thought you know when you're 12 years old and you think oh my gosh I'm I'm gonna have to work for the rest of my life (laughs) that's why it's important to do what you love and love what you do um which I figured out how to do uh but uh I've, I I know that that's what happened to me. Is that I was seen as being responsible and was seen as somebody who will uh, or would and was um, more financially affluent. I would not measure success by finances, but most narcissists do. Um, most narcissists do measure success um, uh, through fin- through financial means. Um, they, I would say they measure it through lots of, they measure success in lots of different ways. Uh, but I, finances is a big part of that. I'd also say that narcissists measure success as somebody who is able to take care of them emotionally. Um, because narcissists like to be taken care of emotionally. And I also would say that a narcissist is somebody who defines success by, uh, sexual um. Uh, somebody who is able to fulfill their sexual desires or meet their sexual desires so um, those are the common ways in which I've seen it play out the most um, speaking of that uh, in um, in most groups that focus on narcissism the majority most groups that are for heterosexual men that focus on narcissism, uh, are filled with the majority of those men, um, having, uh, sexual, uh, compulsive sexual behaviors um, of some kind. Uh, I like to just call it a sex addiction, but that's a controversial topic. So we're going to use the, uh, The topic that therapists like and we're going to call it obsessive compulsive uh, compulsive sexual behaviors um they cheat um and uh don't find out when they're signing divorce papers um and uh they uh yeah it's just a little interesting fact so uh Narcissists will prey on the the project person, or they'll prey on that successful person. And um, when I say prey, what I mean, P-R-E-Y, uh, like a predator. Uh, when I say prey, what I mean is that they will love bomb. And love bombing looks like making a person feel like they are incredibly valued and worthy and deserving of love. So they will fill the tank up with extra gas so that they can get you to that point where you will choose them you become infatuated or you think that you love them or you do love them and that happened completely intentionally on their part through love bombing so again it's a manipulative maladaptive behavior that they have to get their need met, to get whatever need. It's usually power and control um, to get that need met. Uh, and uh, it's done through dropping a huge bomb of love on a person. Um, uh, you know, I have heard stories of people who have dated guys who, um, when they first started dating, they had these men who were sending them gifts and, uh, taking them out to elaborate restaurants and, um, taking them on trips and giving them everything that they wanted or asked for, um, very materialistic and, um, filling them up with, uh, words, affirmations, um, telling them how, how beautiful they think they are and uh, saying whatever they need to say, honestly, in order to, to get what they want. Um, and then what happens is before the victim knows it, they're in a relationship and those things either slowly fade away or the narcissist um, acts out. Uh, so, for example, there is conflict in the relationship, and the narcissist pushes the victim. Uh, and the fight then turns into stonewalling for maybe a day. And the narcissist quickly realizes that they have to do something very quickly uh, to clean up their mess or they're going to lose what's called their supply. So, when you are somebody who is with a narcissist, you are that. You are their supply, you feed their ego you feed, you feed that need that they have, and that is the purpose that you serve, um, so they very quickly realize, oh shoot, I really messed up, and I need to do something in order to fix this situation so that I don't lose my supply, and then the love bombing happens, so, um, for me, what this looks like personally is, um, it, I got a lot of flowers. <laughs> I, I got a ton of flowers and we had a nickname for those flowers that I'm not willing to say on this podcast because I agreed to, um, abide by certain rules when I, um, joined this, this host for this platform. So, um, but they're basically we basically called them jerk flowers um and i got a ton of them along with um apologies uh that years later would just become empty words and when i say years later i mean it it, it took me 15 years Sixteen years to realize these words mean nothing, because these behaviors have happened over and over and over again for the last sixteen years. So, um, the love bombing kept me blinded, um, and it it kept it it, it served its purpose. It, it kept me blinded, and it kept me in a relationship that was not good for me for 18, 17, 18 years, like, when, being out of it now, like, when I, when I look at my decision to stay for as long as I, as I did, and I was thinking about this earlier today, because, um, you know, my current, my, my partner is incredible and, uh, and I'll get back to why it was difficult to date at the beginning, but, um, I, I've just been thinking a lot, like, what, why did I stay for so long? Now, number one, like, the waters are really muddy, like, It's really hard to see clearly when you've been in a relationship with somebody for that long and you don't know what you're in until somebody else shows you. Um, I have been thinking about it, though, and so number two, I, I made a covenant. And that covenant that I made was between me and God and um, that covenant it, it kept me in a relationship for a long time like I really didn't want to disappoint is the wrong word but I just I felt very strongly like I was supposed to be with my ex. And that strong feeling came from God. Like I, I, or I thought, I thought that that strong feeling came from God. I thought that if I left, I was, or not even if I left, but I thought that I was doing the right thing in God's eyes by staying. And I think that I've become pretty passionate about speaking to that person in particular who feels that they're honoring God by staying in a relationship with somebody who's abusive. Um, I... Uh, it is because of that passion that I have for that person and compassion that I realized actually today after dropping my kids off at school that that covenant that I made with God was so important to me, um, and I felt like I was failing God If I were to leave somehow, I felt, I felt like if I I felt like somehow I was failing God if I were to leave. And I look at that now and I just think like God desired so badly for me to feel loved and for me to be loved we have free will and um, there's there's a reason why the, the Bible gives us reasons why divorce is okay and being abused is one of those reasons so is a person having an affair and both of those things had happened to me, but my covenant was with the Lord. And it didn't help that the church, and when I say the church, I mean like capital C, the church. It it doesn't help that the church um, enables that idea. Uh, so just kind of food food for thought. God desires so badly for us as individuals to not only be loved, but to love, and sometimes to love means leaving so that a person can realize what they're doing, who they are, and how they're living, and change. A person can't do that if we're in the way. Um had a had a friend of mine tell me that a few years ago, she stumped me when she said this, but she said that she can't, she, uh, she and I met and she said, I'm leaving. I said, why? Well, she said, I'm getting a divorce, I'm leaving. I said, well, okay, well, but why? And she said, God showed me that I was in his way and that if I don't leave, this person will never find God. And initially that just it it, it struck me and I, I wasn't sure how I felt about it and um, I, I now know how I feel about it. Um, I understand I, I now understand why this person did what they did um, and what they meant. And my hope is that I stepped out of God's way. So that is not on the topic of love bombing, but um, it does have something to do with me and no longer allowing love bombing. (laughs) Uh, It's really difficult to when you're being love bombed because you form something called a trauma bond. So when the person who has caused you pain is the person who you seek your comfort in, you have formed a trauma, you have formed a trauma bond. And it's as bonds are, really hard to break. It's really hard to break out of that. Um I mean you'll you'll find that at some point, that narcissist is no longer love bombing you the way that they used to. they just have you stuck in such deep and muddy water that you can't get out or so isolated that you can't get out or so dependent on them that you, or you think you can't get out. You, you can always get out. Um, but yeah, love bombing is a, love bombing is a tricky trap. Um, one that, I don't know, one that is really powerful. I think it's one of the most powerful tenets of a narcissist and a relationship with, with a narcissist is the way that they love bomb. So um, because because my relationship started off with love bombing or because I know that, narcissistic relationships start off with love bombing. Um, If I were to give my ex the benefit of the doubt and say that he didn't do this, what I do know is that narcissistic relationships often do start off with love bombing. And I know that, um, and because I'm aware of that, it, it made it difficult for me to jump into a new relationship because I had to wonder with every person that I started talking to, with every guy that I started talking to, or with every guy that I had um, gone on a date with or, you know, a couple dates with, I had to wonder if they were love bombing me. Um, until I met the person who showed me what love was. And guys, it's different. Like, if you think that your partner is a narcissist and you are in a narcissistic relationship, I am specifically talking to you. Like, it is different. You are unfamiliar with it. Um, love, love will feel unfamiliar. Love will feel like... Love will feel like... It's too good to be true. Um, love will feel like... Feeling worthy. Love will feel like you're not striving. Love will feel unconditional. Love will have you finding yourself in finally a conflict that is just a conversation. And not a threat or not abuse. It is so different for the for the very first time in my life, and I, and I know it sounds dramatic, but that's because it is. Like for the very first time in my life, I have experienced. Love, like human love. I don't know what the word is for human love. Not agape love, not like godly love, but like unconditional positive regard, consistent that I don't pay for from a therapist. Like it, it, it's incredible. It's what God intends. You know, God didn't intend us to be in relationships where we are so exhausted from what we're going through that we can't make an impact for the Lord in the lives of other people because we're too tired. Love fills you up. You'll feel full. And It just takes time. Uh, I am finally finally at a point where. Uh, I don't feel like the rug is going to be pulled out from underneath me. Um, And that just took time and consistency. It took me being willing to share my thoughts and share feelings that could potentially cause conflict And seeing somebody respond (laughs) by telling me how much they love me, by thanking me for telling them and not thanking me for telling them because they learned it in a class, but like truly thanking me for telling them. I'm so thankful that the Lord has put that in my life. And, um, uh, I think that I believe that God willed it that way and that God ordained it that way, that I would get divorced and, um, that I would find that person for me. Very quickly, uh, I, w- I was separated. Um, we were separated, and it was important for me to take at least a year off before dating. And I think that that is important to do after you're in a relationship with a narcissist. Oh, man. The the guys that I talked to prior to prior to being with my partner, this stuff makes me cry. <laughs> um, the guys that I talked to, I I knew like I talked to this guy once. Oh my god, these stories. These online dating is terrible until you find your person. Online dating is, is awful, guys. is It is part of the reason why I stayed in an abusive relationship for as long as I did. is because I knew that if I were to ever be in another relationship, the way that I would end up in that relationship would be through online dating. And I had heard so many horror stories from clients that it wasn't something that I wanted or I was willing to do. So um, at the time... Online dating is terrible. I talked to this guy who, <laughs> uh, it, it was the Sunday. It was actually Mother's Day. I talked to this guy on Mother's Day, and uh, spent the whole day ta- texting with him, talking to him. Um, had talked to him throughout the weekend, so I started talking on Friday, Saturday. we were talking all day, and then Sunday. Um, and by Sunday, he had me. He had me to a point where he was only using me sexually. And so I have to be very clear about this. We only texted. That's all we did. We never met in person. But you do with that information what you would like. But that is the only reason that this dude was talking to me. And I found that out because the following day came and I, I, uh, and he he became very irritable um and um stopped talking to me uh, there were a couple of them there they were <laughs> i have pictures of them um or i had pictures of them i don't know if i still do i'd have to go through my phone i think i deleted deleted them but it was just so hard. It was so hard. Um, it's funny. I (laughs) forgot, I forgot about all of these guys that I had talked to prior to meeting my partner. Um, when I've talked to him, I've talked to him as though there were like four or five, but there were more than that. And I'm realizing that right now. Um, it was just really hard. It was hard to Trust Um, because I had been love bombed. Because I knew what love bombing was. And I knew what I didn't want. I knew I didn't want to go through that again. And I knew when I was being love bombed because I took that year off and I reflected. And I became whole and healthy. And I'm not sitting here telling you that I am completely healed. Because I am certainly not completely healed. Nor do I think that I ever will be until I find myself in eternity with the Lord. But for now, I am um, more whole than I have ever been. Um, I definitely do still struggle with associating the abuse that I have been through and the characteristics of narcissistic behaviors or the the characteristics of a narcissist, associating those with situations that I might find myself in with my partner and, um, then having memories and then being terrified. Uh, and none of this should be happening because the man that I am with is incredible and is quite literally the opposite of of somebody who is narcissistic um, and loves me deeply. Uh, but if we were to be... Talking about this a year ago, I would not be in the place that I am today where I could even date somebody like the person I am dating. Uh, and I'm aware that I do that. So it's, it's important working on yourself, meeting with a therapist, and finding a good community, like a supportive yes He was a narcissist and you were abused. Community of people. And here's how we're going to get you well. Finding a community of people like that is so important. When you do, you'll find yourself in a relationship that is happy and healthy. (laughs) It's amazing. Like, it's incredible. Um... It's different. Yes, it is different. So, again, I'm talking specifically to that person who thinks, you know what, Amber, I've been listening to you, or I, I've been watching your story for years. And I, I think I can relate. It is different, and it feels different, and it feels unfamiliar, and it's a little bit scary. I am not going to lie. <laughs> Having that information, I hope, is helpful. I've had quite a few women reach out to me that um, have been in narcissistic relationships with the church, the capital C church, and it looks identical. We've talked talked about that. talked I've talked with them about what that looks like and how to get out. You know, spiritual abuse. What it is, but spiritual abuse in a church comes from a church that looks like narcissism um, I've also s- spoken with women who I have um and i and when I say women, I mean plural like people message me and people send me emails and uh, women that I've gone that I had gone to college with, and I find this interesting. I went to a private Christian, com- a private Christian college, um, where you know they have the whole ring by spring
1: motto, and
0: um, I had my ring by spring. Uh, and uh, there was a pattern. There's a pattern of uh, these men in that school, uh, and they were all very similar. <laughs> they even lived in, like, the same, the same places, um, the same halls, which is kind of interesting. And to have spoken with more than one person who, well, to have spoken with more than one friend who, um had been with a man who is from the same hall who is a narcissist is just interesting. Um, they, they started off with the love bombing. And now 15, 16 years later, I don't know how old am I? 36 college high school. College was Graduated. I actually graduated from college when I was t- 20 because I took a year off. And then I also did PSEO for two years in high school. So I graduated when I was 20 um, a year early because I also took that year off. But yeah. 15, 16 years later where we're seeing what we're in and it's it's wild. So, I don't know. Love bombing and (laughs) just winging it. Just finding myself winging it today. I know that I haven't posted a podcast in A few weeks, and that's because life has been crazy. We've had the holidays, and uh, I also had 40 40 CEUs that I needed to complete uh, within a matter of two weeks. So that was a nightmare, (laughs) and I currently am working two full-time jobs while managing my practice uh, so, um, just have not had the capacity have not had, not made it. We all have the same amount of times. So I've not made it a priority to, um, maintain the weekly podcast. So I'm dropping this one and, um, getting back on track and hopefully next week Brody won't be on a sabbatical so that Brody and I can banter and have our lovely conversations um that we usually it'll like to have and enjoy having. Brody is a delight to have um he's an amazing kid. He's brilliant and some have said don't you think you're exposing him to too much? Don't you think you're exposing him to To something that he shouldn't be exposed to by being your co-host into that I say don't you think I've exposed him him to enough for 18 years so not 18 years he's 14 I've been exposed to it for that long don't you think I've I've exposed him to enough for 14 years don't you think he would like the platform to be able to talk about that and debrief about that and help people with it so I kind of have I kind of have a screw-you mentality when it comes to that. And and I don't really care what you think. This is how it is. And this is what I feel is best for him at this time in his life. After lots of prayer and intentional thoughts and mindfulness. Um, it's a good thing. And it was incredible to have him on with Leanne. So... It gives you some insight into what kids go through when they're in this stuff. And it's not pretty. And honestly, for me as a mom, debriefing with my son is difficult and hard. And I hate that he went through that. And I hate that I contributed to to him going through that. Um, But I can't go back can't take it back. All I can do is um, help him continue to heal and give him the tools that he needs to heal. So there's that. Uh, my kids were love-bombed too. Uh, I, I ha- There was a situation where we were uh, up north and... Um, the narcissist in our lives was really, really not nice and really mean to the youngest. And um, he had woken up the next morning to a toy at the end of his bed after um, the youngest had gone through narcissistic abuse from their father. And, I mean, kids go through it too. So... My youngest equates love to stuff. And we are trying very hard to break him out of that. Um, And to show him that love is more than stuff. He is learning what fatherly love is as well, which is more than I could have ever asked for in any partner that I would have ever been with. So I just feel grateful um yeah, I think that's all I gotta say for today. filled up. let's see here. filled up 48 minutes of time. It's decent. uh I'm happy with that. <laughs> uh excited I'm see where next week brings us. Thank you for listening. I appreciate it. I appreciate everybody who reaches out to me and um is there to remind me that I'm making a difference and um, to keep going regardless of any flack or any negativity that I might receive from what me and Brody are doing. So thanks for listening and thanks for caring and um, listen again next week. All right.